0: Thrawn Janet. The Reverend Murdoch Sulis was long minister of the moorland parish of Balwiri in the Vale of Duel. A severe, bleak-faced old man, dreadful to his hearers, he dwelt in the last years of his life without relative or servant or any human company in a small and lonely manse under the hanging Shaw. In spite of the iron composure of his features, his eye was wild, scared and uncertain, and when he dwelt in private admonitions on the future of the impenitent, it seemed as if his eye pierced through the storms of time to the terrors of eternity. Many young persons coming to prepare themselves against the season of the Holy Communion were dreadfully affected by his talk. He had a sermon on the devil as a roaring lion on the Sunday after every 17th of August and he was accustomed to surpass himself upon that text both by the appalling nature of the matter and the terror of his bearing in the pulpit. The children were frightened into fits and the old looked more than usually oracular and were all that day full of those hints that Hamlet deprecated. The manse itself, where it stood by the water of duel among some thick trees, with the shawl overhanging it on the one side, and on the other many cold moorish hilltops rising toward the sky, had begun, at a very early period of Mr. Sewell's ministry, to be avoided in the dusk hours by all who valued themselves upon their prudence, and gid men sitting at the Clackenale House shook their heads together at the thought of passing late by that uncanny neighbourhood. There was one spot, to be more particular, which was regarded with a special awe. The man stood between the high road and the water of dew, with a gable to each, its bank was toward the Kirk town of Balweary, nearly half a mile away. In front of it, a bare garden, hedged with thorn, occupied the land between the river and the road. The house was two stories high, with two large rooms in each. It opened not directly in the garden, but on a causeway path or passage, giving on the road on the one hand, and closed on the other by the tall willows and elders that bordered on the stream. And it was this strip of causeway that enjoyed among the young parishioners of Balwiri so infamous a reputation. The minister walked there often after dark, sometimes groaning aloud in the instancy of his unspoken prayers. And when he was from home and the man's store was locked, the more daring schoolboys ventured with beating hearts to follow my leader across that legendary spot. This atmosphere of terror, surrounding, as it did, a man of God of spotless character and orthodoxy, was a common cause of wonder and subject of inquiry among the few strangers who were led by chance of business into that unknown, outlying country but many even of the people of the parish were ignorant of the strange events which had marked the first year of Mr Solsey's ministrations. And among those who were better informed, some were naturally reticent, and others shy of that particular topic. Now and again, only, one of the older folk would warm into courage over his third tumbler and recount the cause of the minister's strange looks and solitary life. Fifty years' sign, when Mr Soos came first into Bawiri, he was still a young man, a callant, the folk said, foul book-learning, and grand at the exposition, but, as was natural in so young a man, we nae leaving experience in religion. The younger sort were greatly taken with his gifts and his gab, but all concerned serious men and women were moved even to prayer for the young man, whom they took to be a self-deceiver, and the parish that was like to be, say, ill-supplied. It was before the days of the moderates, weary for them, but ill things are like good. They baith come bit by bit, a pickle at a time. And there were folk even then that said the Lord had left the college professors to their own devices. And the lads that went to study with them, what well, he done mere and better sitting in a peat bog. Like their forebears of the persecution, with a Bible under their oakster, and a spiritual prayer in their heart. There was nae doubt only way, but that Mr. Sewells had been our lang at the college. He was careful, and troubled for mony things beside the all thing needful. He had a feckle books with him, mair than had ever been seen before in all the presbytery, and a sair work the carrier had with him, for they were all like to have smeared in the deal's hag between this and Cal Macerley. They were books o' divinity, to be sure, or so they called them but the serious were o' opinion, there was little service for Simone when the hail o God's word, would gang in the nuke of a plaid. Then he wad sit half the day, and half the night for by, which was scant decent, writing nae less, and first they were feared he would read his sermons, and shine it would prove he was writing a book himself, which was surely no fitting for any his years, and small experience. Oni anyway, white. It behoved him to get an old decent wife to keep the mans for him and to see his bit dinners, and he was recommended to an old limmer, Janet McClure, they called her, and so far left to himself as to be our persuaded. There was money advised him to the contra, for Janet was more than suspected by the best folk in Bawiri. Lang or that, she had had a way into a dragoon, she hadna come for it for maybe. Threaty year, and Bairns had seen her mumbling to herself up in keys lone in the gloamin', whilk was an unco time and place for a God fearin' woman. Howsoever, it was the laird themselves that had first told the minister o' Janet, and in they days it would've gone far to gate the pleasure o' the laird. When folk told him that Janet was sib to the deal, it was a superstition by his way of it. And when they cast up the Bible to him in the witch o'end he would threep it down their thrapples, that their days were a by, and the deal was mercifully restrained. Well, when it got about the clacking that Janet McClure was to be servant at the manse, the folk were fair mad wi her and him together, and some of the good wives had nae better to day than get round her door cheeks and charge away all that was kent agen her, the sodger's bairn to John Tamson's eye she was nae great speaker. Folk usually let her gang the in gate, and she let them gang theirs, with neither fair giddin nor fair gidday. But when she buckled too, she had a tongue to deave the miller. Up she got, and there was nae an old story in bawiri, but she gart somebody loup it for that day. They couldn't say a thing, but she could say twat it. Till, at the hinder end, the gidwives up and clothed hondle her and clawed the coats off her back and put her down the clack into the water a deal to see if she were a witch or no, sum or droon. The carlin skirled till you could hear her at the hanging shaw and she focked like ten. There was mony a gidwife bore the mark o her nearest day and mony a long day after and just in the hettest o' the collie shangy, wasse had come up for his sins but the new minister. Women, said he, and he had a grand voice. I charge you in the Lord's name to let her go. Janet ran to him. She was fair wood with terror, and clang to him, and prayed him for Christ's sake, save her frae the comers, and they, for their part, told him that all was Kent and maybe mere. Women, says he to Janet, is this true? As the Lord sees me says she, as the Lord made me, no a word to it, for by the bairn, says she, I've been a decent woman all my days. Will you, says Mr Sewis, in the name of God and before me his unworthy minister, renounce the devil and his works Well, it would appear that when he asked it that, she gave a gun that fairly fricked at them, and they could hear her teeth play dull together in her chaffs, but there was nathing for it "'by the eyewy or the other, "'and Janet lifted up her hand "'and renounced the deal before them all. "'And now,' says Mr. Solis to the goodwives, "'home with ye, one and all, "'and pray to God for his forgiveness.' "'And he gied Janet his arm, "'though she had little on her but a sark, "'and took her up the clacking to her ain door "'like a lady of the land, "'and her screeching and laughing "'as was a scandal to be heard.' There were many grey folk lang out with their prayers that night. But when the morn came, there was such a fear fell upon a bawire, that the bairns hid theirselves, and even the men folk stood and kick it frae their doors. For there was Janet, coming down the clacking, her or her likeness, nain could tell, wi her neck thrown, and her heed an side like a body that has been hangit, and a gurned on her face like an unstreaked corp, by and by, they got used wi it and even speared at her to ken what was wrong, But for that day forth, she couldnae speak like a Christian woman But slavered and played click wi her teeth like a pair of shears And for that day forth, the name o' oh God came never on her lips While she would try to say it, but it mightnae be Them that kent best said least but they never gied that thing the name o' Janet McClure, for the old Janet, by the way o' it, was in muckle hell that day. But the minister was neither to hod nor to bind. He preached about naething but the folk's cruelty that had gien her a stroke o' the palsy. He skelped the bairns that meddled her, and he had her up to the manse that same nicht, and while there he is, laying wi her under the hanging shaw, well, time gied by. And the idler sort commenced to think mere lichtly o that black business. The minister was weel thought though. He was aye late at the writing. folk would see his cannel doon by the dew water after twelve at e'en, and he seemed pleased wi himself and upsettin' as at first, though Aubrey could see that he was dwining. As for Janet, she cam and she guide, If she didn't speak muckle afore. It was reason she should speak less than she meddled nebby, but she was an eldritch thin to see, and nane would a mistrysted her wi her bawery glebe. About the end of July there came a spell o' weather, the like o it was never seen in that countryside, it was lowen and het and hurtless, the herds couldnae win up the black hill, the bairns were our weed it to play, and yet it was goosty too, we claps o' het one that rumbled in the glens, and bits o' shoes that slock and Nathan. Why thought it but to thunder in the morn, but the morn came and the morn's morning. And it was aye the same uncanny weather, Serone folks and bestial. Of all that were the war, none suffered like Mr. Sulis. He could neither sleep nor eat. He told his elders, And when he wasna writing at his weary book, He would be Stravagan out all the countryside Like a man possessed, When nobody else was blithe to keep call Ben the house. A boon hanging shaw, In the build of the black hill, there's a bit enclosed ground where an iron yurt, and it seems in the old days that was the Kirkier of a weary, and consecrated by the Papists, before the blessed licht shone upon the kingdom. It was a great house, o oh, Mr. Sewell is There he would sit and consider his sermons, and in dead, it's a buildy bit. Well, as he came out of the last end of the Black Hill, I day, he first saw twa, and sin fower. And since seven Corby's crows flying round and round aboon the old Kirkyard, they flew lech and heavy, and squawked together as they guide, and it was clear to Mister Silas that something had put them frae their ordinary. It wasn't easy flied, and God stroked up to the walls, and woe! Sould they find there but a man or the appearance of a man, sitting in the inside upon a grave. He was of a great stature, and black as hell, and his e'en were singular to see. Mr. Souls had heard tell o' black men. Money's the time, but there was something unco about this black man that daunted him. Het as he was, he took a kind o' of cold grue in the marrow of his veins, but up he back for all that, and he says, My friend, are you a stranger in this place? The black man answered never a word. He got upon his feet, and be good to herself on the wa, on the far side, but aye lookit at the minister, and the minister stood, and lookit back, till all an a minute the black man was over the wall and running for the build o' the trees. Mr. Sewellis, he hardly ken why, ran after him, but he was sair for jasket wi his walk, and the het unhilsome weather, and ran as he like it. He got nay mair than a glisk with the black man among the burks, till he wan down to the foot o' the hillside, and there he saw him, and smear, gone, hap, step, and lipe, ower deal water, to the manse. Mr. Seulas was nae weel pleased at this fearsome gangrel, sold max a free wi' a weary manse, and he ran the harder, and wet shoon o'er the burn, and up the walk, but the deal a black man was there to see. He stepped out upon the road, but there was nobody there. He gied all over the garden, but nay, nay, black man. At the hinder end, and a bit feared as was but natural, he lifted the hasp and into the manse, and there was Janet McClower before his e'en, where her Craig, and nane so pleased to see him. And he eye-minded sin sign when he first set his e'en upon her, he had the same called and diddy grew. Janet, says he, have you seen a black man? A black man, quo she, save his all. You're no wise, minister. There's nae black man in all But she didna speak plain, ye mun understand, but yam-yammered like a powny with a bit in his moo. Weal, says he, Janet, if there was nae black man, I have spoken with the accuser of the brethren and he sat down like en way a fever, and his teeth chittered on his head. Hoots, says she, think shame to yourself, minister, and gieed him a drap brandy that she keep die by her. Sign Mr. Sewis gaed into his study among all his boots, it's a lang, lech, murk, chalmer, perishing cold in winter, and no very dry, even in the top of the summer, for the man stands near the burn. Said so Duny sat, and thought to all that had come and gained since he was in Bawiri, and his hame, and the days when he was a bairn, and ran daffin on the braes, and that black man I ran in his heed like the hour come of a sang. Ay, the Mary thought, the Mary thought to the black man. He tried the prayer, and the words wouldnae come to him, and he tried, they say, to write at his book, but he could couldnae make nae mere o' that. There was whiles he thought the black man was at his oxter, and the swat stood upon him, cold as well water, and there was other whiles when he came to himself, like a christened bairn, and minded nothing. The upshot was that he gied to the window and stood glowering at your water. The trees are unco thick, and the water lies deep and black under the manse, and there was Janet washing the clays where coats kilted. She had her back to the minister, and he, for his part, hardly kenned what he was looking at. Sign, she turned round and shod her face. Mr. Sewis had the same cold grew as twice that day afore, and it was borne in upon him what folks said, that Janet was deed lang sign, and this was a bogle in her clay-cold flesh. He drew back a pickle, and he scanned her narrowly she was tramp trampin' in the clays, crooning to herself. and aye, good guy but it was a fearsome face, while she sang louder, but there was nae man born a woman that could tell the words o' her sang, and while she look at side lang down, but there was naething there for her to look at, there gaed a scunner through the flesh upon his veins, and that was heaven's advertisement, but Mr. Seuss just blamed himself, he said to think ill of a poor, old, afflicted wife that hadna a friend for by himself, and he put up a prayer for him and her, and drank a little collar water, for his heart rose again, the meat, and gied up to his naked bed in the gloaming. That was a nicht that has never been forgotten in Bawiri, the nicht of the 17th of August, 1712. It had been het afore, as I has said, but that nicht it was hetter than ever. The sun gaed down among cold looking clouds. It fell as a murk as the pit. No a star, no a breath o' wind. You couldn't see your horn afore your face, and even the old folk coused the covers for their beds and lay pecking for their breath. With all that he had upon his mind, it was gay and unlikely. Mister Sewis would get muckle sleep. He lay and he tumbled. The good. Collar bed that he got into brunt his very banes Whiles he slept and whiles he walken'd, Whiles he heard the time o' night And whiles a tyke yowling up the muir As if somebody was dead, Whiles he thought he heard bogles clavering in his lug And whiles he saw spunkies in the room He behooved he judged to be sick And sick he was Little he jaloused the sickness At the hinder end he got a clearness in his mind sat up in his sack on the bedside, and fell thinking ain't smear o' the black man and Janet. He couldnae weel tell how, maybe it was the cold to his feet, but it came in upon him wi a spate that there was some connection between the twa, and that either, or both of them, were bogles. And just at that moment, in Janet's room, which was nice to his, there came a stamp of feet as if men were warslin', and then a loud bang, and then a wand gaed rysling round the fower quarters of the house, and then all was once mere sealant as the grave. Mr soas was feared for neither man nor devil. He got his tinder box and lit a candle and made three steps o' it over to Janet's door. It was on the hasp, and he pushed it open and kicked baldly in. It was a big room, as big as the minister's ain, and plenished wi a grand old solid gear, for er else. There was a flower poster bed with old tapestry and a broad cabinet of ache that was full of the minister's divinity books, and put there to be out o' the gate, and a wean duds so Janet's lying here and there about the floor. But nay Janet could mister Sulla see, nor o'ny sign of a contention, and he gaed, and there's few that would have followed him, and look it all round and listened. But there was naething to be heard neither inside the manse, nor in all bawire weary parish, and naething to be seen but the muckle shadows turning round the canal. And then, all at once, the minister's heart played dunt and stood stock still, and a cold wand blew among the hairs o' his heed. What an a weary sicht was that for the poor man's in, for there was Janet hanging free a nail beside the old ache cabinet. Her head eye lay in her shiver, her een were stiqued, the tongue projected frae her mouth, and her heels were twa feet clear abune the floor. God forgive us all, thought the michter saw us. Poor Janet's dead. He came a step nearer to the corp, and then his heart fair whambled in his inside, for, by what canthrop it would ill a man to judge, she was hanging free a single nail, and by a single worsted thread for darning hose. It's an awful thing to be a lane at nicht, with sicken prodigies of darkness, but Mr. Soulis was strong in the Lord. He turned and geared his ways out that room, and locked the door ahint him, and step by step, down the stairs, as heavy as lead, and set down the candle on the table at the stair foot. He couldna pray, he couldna think, he was dripping with cold swat, and naething could he hear but the dun-dun-dunting o his ain heart. He might may maybe have stood there an hour, or maybe twa, he minded so little, when all of a sudden he heard a lech, uncanny steer upstairs, a foot gaed to and fro in the chamber where the corp was hanging, Sin the door was opened, though he minded well that he had lock at it. Up. And soon there was a step upon the landing, and it seemed to him as if the corp was looking over the tail, and doing upon him where he stood. He took up the cannel again, for he could want the licht, and, as softly as ever he could, gaed strocht out o' the manse, and to the far end of the causeway. It was aye pit murk, the flame o' the cannel, and when he set it on the ground, brunt steady and clear as in a room, Nathan moved." But the dew water seeping and sabbing in the glen And yon unhaily footstep That come plodding in the stairs inside the manse He ken the foot our wheel, for it was Janet's And at Ilka's step that came a wee thing nearer The cold got deeper in his vitals He commended his soul to him that made and keep it him And, O Lord, said he, give me strength That this night to war against the powers of evil by this time the foot was coming through the passage for the door. It could hear a hand skirt along the wall, as if the fearsome thing was feeling for its way. The socks tossed and maned together. a together, sigh came over the hills. The flame of the cannon was blown about, and there stood the corp of thrown Janet, where Grogram Goon and her black much with a heed eye upon the shudder and the gurn still upon the face of it. Leaving, you would have said, indeed, as Mr. Sulis well kened, upon the threshold of the manse. It's a strange thing that the solo man should be thirled into his perishable body, but the minister saw that, and his heart didna break. She didna stand there long. She began to move again, and came slowly toward Mr. Sulis, where he stood under the socks. All the life o his body, all the strength o his spirit were glowering frae his e'en. It seemed she was gone to speak, but wanted words and made a sign with her left hand. There cam a clap o wand, like a cat's fiff. Out gade the canal, the saws screech like folk and Mr saws ken that live or die. This was the end o it. Witch, Beldom, devil, he cried. I charge you by the power of God be gone. If you be dead, to the grave. If you be damned, to hell. And at that moment the Loward's ain hand out of the heavens struck the horror where it stood. The old, deed, desecrated corp of the witch-wife say, Lang, keep it for the grave. And her cell round by deals loud up like a stained spunk and fell in ashes to the ground. The thunder followed. Peel and and peel, the and rain upon the back o that, and Mr. Sewis louped through the garden hedge, and ran with skellock upon skellick for the clackin'. That same mornin', John Christie saw the black man pass the muckle cairn as it was chapin six, before eicht, he gaed by the change house at though and no long after, Sandy McClellan saw him gone linkin' down the braes for Kilmacurly. There's little doubt, but it was him that dwelled see lang in Janet's body. But he was a at last, and sin sign the deal has never fashed as in weary. But it was a sair dispensation for the minister. Lang, lang, he lay raven in his bed, and free that hour to this, he was the man ye ken the day.